Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. This is our weekly Saturday live stream. Uh, it's pretty fun to think about with the three amigos. These days you get, uh, I do mine on Saturday. Then we got good old the Lumberjack on Sundays. And I think Dion is doing them Wednesdays, I think, or might've been Tuesdays. I think it was Tuesdays. Yeah. Anyways, fun to see that the three amigos have taken up live Q and A's as well. Uh, this is awesome. Nathan, good morning. Jeffrey, good morning. Yes, both puppies are finally asleep after uh, having a pretty good go at it this morning. They're definitely trying to figure out who is the dominant one these days. So if you don't know, this is a live Q&A. This is all for you. I have a couple of topics prepared ahead of time so that it gives you a chance to leave comments uh, below. If you just want to say hi, leave a comment. Uh, you want to tell me about one of my books or any, anything's fair game. Um, very few topics or questions I won't take a stab at, a stab at answering. Before we do, a uh, couple of things I forgot to do this morning, but might as well do them here so we can get these cards out. Uh, we are sending out two more cards, which I am just so happy about. Uh, sending my first card to Hong Kong. Uh, Lisa, congratulations on getting your deal. Uh, if I recall the email, it's in Texas. Congratulations, Lisa, your card is going out. I put on more postage than is necessary, so hopefully this gets to you in Hong Kong. And then congratulate Sumi and Jarrett uh, for getting their uh, first or next deal. Congratulations, folks. Uh, again, this uh, story of 500 is for you. I wanted to see what my daily discipline, uh, what the impact is. We talk about a positive impact score on Sunday. It goes through a laundry list of things, but the biggest contributor to my positive impact score is you getting your first or next deal. Send me your address. You get a card. So again, Lisa and Sumi and Jarrett, congratulations uh, for that. So uh, very cool. So next up, uh, I do, I'm still waiting for some books to arrive. A lot of you wanted to get autographed copies, which I greatly appreciate. That is so nice to hear. Uh, I've started getting um, my hard copies of my new book. Uh, I think I got about half of the ones I've ordered. I'm still waiting on paperbacks of my original book. So once we get the hundred of each, I will announce, um, you know, a package deal and autograph and shipping and all of that. So I still have I still have every intention of doing that. I just want to make sure I have the books, so I don't uh, I don't miss anyone. So uh, that should be good. So again, we're about halfway there. So that should be good. Uh, so again, this show is for you. Let's see how everybody's doing before I go into my topics. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Vatsal. Good morning, Rolden. Nathan. Good morning, the lumberjack watching. Oh shoot. Uh, watching from Mass General Pediatrics, Elena and I wouldn't miss a Saturday live stream. You guys are awesome. Hey, folks, if you're watching this, do me a favor. Send some prayers, good thoughts to the Lumberjack. He and his family uh, and little baby uh, Alana are uh, going through something. So prayer, good thoughts, good stuff. All of it helps. Uh, keep keep uh, Alana and the entire Lumberjack family in your prayers. I, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, amazing stamina. What keeps you motivated? Love to hear. Um, that's a good question. I, uh, everyone has a superpower and I did not appreciate this until after I left the workforce and started this channel, right? I average five new videos a day, original content a day. And a lot of people would do that. And after two years and nearly 5,000 videos, they would be bored. My internal clock 
or whatever that's called, I am already, I'm sitting here right now talking for an hour and I'm already excited about tomorrow. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, this helped me build our portfolio because I was always looking for the deal of the decade. And I looked every day. I've looked every day for 20 years and still look. I looked this morning. Uh, it's it's. I didn't appreciate how fortunate I was to have that because I now have helped other people get started. And a lot of people, they do it 7, 8, 10, 30 days in a row and they're bored. I am sitting here excited about tomorrow. I can't explain it. I'm truly, that is something I was born with and uh, I'm very lucky. And then most importantly, what keeps me motivated? Ever since we started this challenge, this 500 challenge, I've been getting personal emails because if you go to my website, onerentalatatime.com, you can send me an email from that website. So a lot of people go to my Instagram page, which now has 11,000, is it called followers? So thank you for that. A lot of people direct message me. I get some just, like just in the last week, I got three personal emails of thanks. Like, thank you for your channel. I've been watching or listening for six, nine months, sometimes a year. Finally got the courage, finally did the work, finally got a deal. The endorphin hit I get from one of you doing a deal, especially your first deal, is light years compared to me doing another deal. Um, I just bought a duplex recently. No dopamine hit. Just, eh, got another one. Tell the property manager. Uh, make sure I have insurance. Nothing. But I get an email from someone saying, I just got a deal, or maybe you're in our private Facebook group. That's what motivates me. Um, that's why I continue to get excited about tomorrow, because I never know which topic will take off and will impact someone. Being able to reach through this camera or reach through with a book, you know, either one of these books is, um, I just don't know what it's going to be. And then again, as I've shared early in this channel, I want to create stuff that's around for 50 years after I'm dead and buried in, or cremated or whatever is going to happen. Um, that's why. It's pretty cool. So, th Greg, thank you for the question. Good morning, Layla. How are you? Josh, what's up? Hey, what's up, Zuber? Yep. How you doing, Josh? Dave, how you doing? Oh, prayers. Good. I like it. You guys are awesome. Prayers to the Lumberjack. Yes. Appreciate it. Yep. Good job. Brilliant response. Awesome. Yep. God bless the Lumberjack. You guys are awesome. Keep it up every day. Some prayers, thoughts, good wishes. I would truly appreciate it. Tamika, how you doing? So, a couple of topics I have prepared. Again, remember, this today is for you. Questions, questions, questions. Uh, I want to talk about China a little bit. It's becoming pretty, um, the dominoes are starting to fall as I expected. Again, dollar denominated debt is already up, which I called. It's up more than I expected, right? I think I looked yesterday. I think we talked about on the daily financial news. It is trading at 20% interest. Ouch. That just tells you that foreign capital not very likely to lend to Chinese property developers. They are over leveraged, properties falling apart. Most importantly, what is happening in China right now is the consumers are retreating. Now, this is very hard to say in a communist or socialist country. It's very hard for us to see or for me to see all the way from California. However, the beauty is China has this company called Alibaba, which is their version of Amazon or Amazon's our version of Alibaba, whatever you want to say. What happened on Friday, it might have been, I think it was their Friday or Thursday. Alibaba had their earnings and revenue cut substantially. How does that happen? Well, the Chinese citizens stop shopping. They stop spending. They start conserving. The Chinese real estate market is going to crash. It could crash as hard as the Great Recession. I think it crashes faster. So the Great Recession, from my experience, peak to trough, five years, right? 
Starts to roll over in 06. We really don't get to the bottom until late 10, early 11. Five years. I think China is just so structurally broken. People have vacant homes they've never lived in. They have a generational problem, right? The one child policy is going to come back to bite them. You've now broken the belief. You've broken the cultural norm that real estate will only go up. Uh, the China's in trouble, just in trouble. And then they're going to bring property taxes on top of that. Are you talk about talking about kicking somebody when they're down? My God. Yeah, it's. I I don't I honestly once once the train starts to crash and it's already off the rails. I don't think it's going to be a slow moving train wreck. I think it's going to pick up steam and get worse and worse and worse. It's they're already limiting sales. They. Property developers are seeing a huge drop off. One, one, do they call them provinces or territories or regions? I don't know. One area in China has already seen a 70% drop off in home purchases or apartment purchases, whatever they call them. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big question for us, right? The big question for us is hey, does any of this come home? Does China catching the flu give our markets anything? That's a great question. I have no idea. China's huge, lots of money. How could it impact us? I have no idea, but I have some guesses. One, I think there's a lot of foreign capital that got lazy and chose to invest in China for better returns and perceived safety. That foreign capital is like, damn, that hurt. Not going to do that again. So we could actually see more foreign capital that used to go to China, go to the rest of the world. And oh, by the way, rest of the world, that, you know, some of that will end up in the US. Some of that will be Europe. Some of that will be South America, Africa, Australia. So that could keep rates down. However, China could be in so much trouble, folks, that they have to sell treasuries. They have to raise dollars to pay off some of these problems. If they have to sell a lot of treasuries, that could make interest rates actually go up, right? This is, it's a very weird thing. So now instead of talking economies, now let's talk people. You and me, you and me in China. Let's say you're one of those families that are in the top 10%. You probably have already moved some of your net worth to a foreign country. One of the ways that the wealthy was able to move capital legally from China to a foreign country like the US or Australia or Europe is they were allowed to buy a property where their kid was going to school. That's one of the loopholes that they had. That is why there are a ton of Southern California homes that are essentially vacant, where they just had one or maybe two uh, kids living there. Is because the uh, their parents had permission to buy a house where their kid was going to school. Now, this is the same for Australia and other countries. Do these families now are so scared that they have to sell and bring cash home? I don't think so. I mean, the last thing I would want to do if I had assets in another country when the government is just messing with the system is bring capital home. I'd want to leave it there. At least that's my opinion. Let me know if you disagree. I'd love to hear. However, China could be so hard up for capital in the near term that they may out of nowhere create a rule that says thou shall not own foreign real estate. The CCP is a centrally managed government. They could they could change the rules tomorrow. They could make it illegal, right? So I don't know. And then let's say you're one of the top 10% and you don't have foreign uh, part of your assets out of the country. I suspect you are more motivated than ever to get part of your net worth out of the country. 
Now, the Chinese CCP has already kind of clamped down on that because they know capital flight is happening. I think that is why they reined in Bitcoin, frankly. They came down hard on Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin again and again and again. I think that's because they knew that the rich were going to take their money out of the yuan or the renminbi and put it in something more stable and get it out of Dodge. It was too easy. Um, so we'll see. I think I think China's going to have their version of the Great Recession. It is going to be bad, and it is going to be faster than what we saw. You Don't bet against the Fed. The Fed is late. The Fed has been the driver of the bus, the real estate market, the stock market, all of these things. I think the Fed is late. I think the Fed has inadvertently started repeating the mistakes of the late 60s that created the great inflation of the 70s. For the longest time, at least most of my you know, studies of the economy, the Fed has always had a dual mandate. If you're a parent or if you're a sales leader, you know that dual mandates are a joke. There's only one ever top priority. Dual mandates are what you tell people when you're trying to pull the wool over them. Historically speaking, the mandate number one was 2% inflation. That's what we want. It's kind of positive growth. We get to you know inflate away our debt, all of that stuff. And jobs were second. Full employment was what they said, right? 1A, 1B. About a year ago, good old Jerome Powell and the powers that be flipped it. Now we have an unemployment rate of 4.8, which, oh, by the way, is 1.2% below what historically was full employment at 6%. And they are saying not enough, not enough. Even though we've had a structural change, I shared with you some job numbers yesterday that should cause the Fed to wake up. We've had 3.6 million additional retirees in the last 12 months or 14 months than historically speaking. We have seen new entrepreneurs and new businesses start like never before. These are all reasons why we have an employment problem, why we're not seeing the job growth. Not to mention the fact that we paid lots of people to stay home and they've had savings and all of that. The Fed is creating this problem and it is only going to be fixed by higher wages. The pool of employees is less, so businesses will pay more, a la the restaurant I've talked about taking wages from 14 to $25. They went from having no one to two, two full shifts. And of course, prices go up 30%. This is this is what's happening across small businesses, big businesses across the country. All because the Fed chose to take their eye off the ball and focus on the wrong thing. All right, I have some more topics, but let's go back and say hi to some folks. Let's see, where were we? Ramirez Real Estate, good morning. Yes, all the best. Good morning, Tamika. I think I said that. Nathan, what do you what do you differently when your portfolio in Q4 in terms of management or finances or anything? That's actually a pretty good question. Uh, historically speaking, Nathan, I have done my deal of the decade in Q4 a lot of times. Most people will take their eye off the ball between Thanksgiving and New Year's. I choose to double or triple down. I choose to look for sellers that have time constraints that maybe need to sell before the year end. Maybe they have capital gains. I will get a lot. I will be uh, every year between Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving Day, like once we celebrate Thanksgiving or have our meal or watch a football game or whatever we're going to do, that evening I will start to look for real estate that's been on the market a little bit longer. It has, it just has a feeling because again, Nathan, I look every day just like I tell my students. And um, I will start to write creative offers. And uh, many years, I get one of my creative offers accepted because the seller doesn't have as many buyers and they got to get done by 1231. So in Q4, specifically Thanksgiving evening to New Year's Day, I am trying to get the deal of the decade. I know always, I'm always trying, but history says that I get it in that window a lot of times. So that is something I would do differently for sure. Good morning. Know thyself first. I love that name. That's a cute, good name. Jeffrey, ultimate bargains. The confidence to consume is based on the confidence of steady future income. Absolutely. 
When people doubt their future income, they will circle the wagons and tighten their belts. That is the consumer in a nutshell. And then if you add on top of that, not only steady future income, but I think what's happening in China is wealth. That is a problem. People thought they had this one and a half homes or apartments and they were, I don't know. I, I don't know what wealthy in China is. 200,000, 500, I don't know what it is. But trust me, people who thought they were wealthy yesterday don't think they're wealthy today. And that scares the bejesus out of people. It's not only income, but it is the wealth side as well, right? You may still be employed, right? The Chinese citizen does this 996, right? Nine, nine hours, what is it? Nine hours a day, six days a week? No, 12, I don't know what it is. Anyways, they work their ass off. And um, a lot of them did that because they felt wealthy, right? So again, if you take their wealth away, they still have a job. But man, I mean, just ask yourself this question. I mean, look at my example, right? <coughs> 2001 or whatever it was, I had 200 grand in a trading account. I was feeling great. I was employed. A couple of bad stock investments and suddenly I'm a moron and my wealth's down to 40 grand. I was so depressed. I still had a job, but I was so depressed. So I think it's even worse than income. I think it's the wealth that's getting whacked in China and it's going to destroy generations, right? Think about the Great Recession here. You were a mom or dad and your teenage son or daughter saw you lose your home. Think about it. This is this is potentially generational impact going on. That teenager probably thinks real estate's risky forever. It's it's going it is bad in China and is going to get worse. It oh, it's, I feel bad. I feel bad. I don't feel bad for the government. I feel bad for the people. Let's be clear, right? If you're going to be a socialist country, you kind of get what you get. Uh, but the but that doesn't mean you got to you can't feel bad for the people. I feel bad for the people. Basilio, good morning, uh, Donovan. Uh, do you think Canada uh, Canada's bubble might pop similar to China's if some of the trickles down to the U.S.? Um. Uh, so I look at the Canada real estate market a little bit. I have. Uh, Welcome all my Canadian followers. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for all the articles you send me. I do not profess to know the Canadian market at all. Uh, so the things that I see in the Canadian market, uh, first and foremost, you do not have 30-year fixed rate money. Uh, just like I think that could be a problem in the U.S. for commercial, I think that could be a problem in Canada. I don't know that it's a problem in the near term. But I mean, just play it out, right? You take a 30-year mortgage, or I'm sorry, I think they're 25 years in five-year terms. You buy a house that's richly valued and you have a 3% interest or two and a half or two and a quarter. And five years from now, it's 6%. It could be exactly what happened in the Great Recession. I think the Great Recession was a problem because what we saw was adjustable rate mortgages. When they reset, it became unaffordable. So I don't know why Canada would be immune to that reset. I think, a, I, but it could be years away, right? Again, depending on when the re resets happen, that would be a fear I have. Uh, and again, what we saw in the Great Recession when we had, again, the US, 2006, 50, 50 one half of all mortgages originated were adjustable. Kind of like Canada a little bit, except we had two years. We only were doing two-year arms or two years fixed. And then they they changed for the, uh, the remaining 28 years. That did not end well. Once the resets came, people were underwater. Then the resets came, people were underwater. I don't know. It's. It, I would say this, I'm nervous. But again, I don't know the ins and outs of the Canadian economy. I don't know the support systems. I don't know the mortgage laws at all. Uh, I do think Canada has, they're like personal guarantees. So if you lost a home and you 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 got a charge off of 40 grand, I think the Canadian citizen is on the hook for the 40 grand. In the US, in many states, that $40,000, uh, once you you know do the short sale, that's that's just a write-off. The, the, the individual is not on the hook. Uh, you got to be careful. You got to know your mortgage laws and all of that. Uh, but I think that's true. So um, 
So I think I'd be concerned, but I'm not sure I'd be concerned in Canada because of China to, to get to the second half of your question. What makes me nervous, Donovan, is that, and again, it's, maybe it's a scar or an experience. I shouldn't let cloud my judgment, but those resets into a rising interest rate environment scare me. Yeah. Nathan, question. How can you explain retail sales going up when consumer sentiment is a decade low? The American citizen likes to spend. Citigroup told us credit card spending was up 20%. Wells Fargo said debit card spending was up. Uh, consumers like to spend. Consumers like to spend when they're depressed. The rap race is real. Consumers are, generally speaking, not financially literate. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Lots of people think retail shopping is a sport. I think if uh, retail shopping was a sport, the U.S. would win the gold, silver, and bronze medal. They'd sweep the podium. We shop to feel better. We shop to this. We shop to that. Yeah. It's a question I ask myself all the time, Nathan. Mike. Oh, where did we go? Mike. Mark. Here he is. Oh, nope. Where did we go? Where is this question? Sorry, folks. I'm trying to get order of my questions so I don't. Uh, oh, Chris. Okay, here we go. Mike, what has been your experience in multifamily regarding expenses percentage 30, 35? Uh, I would run I would run the numbers, Chris, at 40%. Uh, multifamily meaning commercial. It, it, it's between 35 and 40 in my experience. Eli, is it a bad time to do your first burr given supply and labor shortages or does low interest rate debt de-risk potential overages? Um, that, that, uh, at least my brain kind of, that's, those are, so let's break it down. Is it a, is it a, um, good time to do your first burr? Uh, that all depends on the deal. Uh, Dion from Dion talk has a great saying that I've now stolen It is always a great time to do a great deal. If you have margin of safety, if your margin of safety is 10 grand and you find a deal where you actually have 20 grand margin of safety, go for it. Uh, I think there are deals out there. I think supply is changing in different markets. I do not know what market you are in, Eli. Um, the types of things you'll be working on are interesting. Uh, I have heard from people across the country that windows are the new um, sticky point. So I, you know, one one person I know that's doing a flip had a six week back backlog for windows, and when your project is supposed to only be six weeks, that's a problem. So again, I would do that. I wouldn't worry too much about labor shortages. I think those are more, I don't think those are as big a deal. I can get jobs done. Um, and then as far as interest rate, fixed rate debt, de-risking potential overages, I don't see that. I don't get the connection because most people who do burrs will either do it cash or they will do it with some kind of hard money. And then they'll be in and out of the deal in six months. Ideally, I think if you're going to burr it, you're going to rent it. I think I think interest rates are higher in six or eight or six, you know, three to six months. So you're not going to be getting the low rate debt. You're going to be getting cheap debt three to six months from now. And I think they're higher. I don't know that they're a lot higher, but I think they're higher. Um, so that's a lot to say that um, do your homework, learn what a good deal is, know your market, know what an average deal is. Be hyper conservative about um, Burr. Uh, in this book, I have two people that talk about Burr. One of them talks about Burr being an advanced strategy uh, that um, first-time homebuyers or first-time Burrs should be very conservative. Another one in here is about a, a couple that Burr out of state, I believe. Yeah, I think they Burr out of state. So again, in the new book, I made sure that Burr was covered a couple of times. Uh, Crimson, uh, what happens when the lease terms contradict? I see, I see a lease where it says one-year agreement, but then the date suggests two years. Uh, I am not an attorney. I have no idea. I don't pretend to be an attorney. I do not know. No idea. Ask an attorney. It's probably... 
probably a hard and fast rule in contract law, but I never studied contract law. Sorry. Nicholas, good morning. How you doing? Morning, Mark. Morning, all. Nathan, follow up to my question regarding deal of the decade. Both of our recent primary home purchase in the barrier, we got 70 and 50 cents on the dollar, respectively. Shout out. Looking for the same on rentals. Yeah. Was that a question or a statement? Cool. Yeah. Awesome job. Mark, it's not elephant in the snake. Laugh out loud. It's pig in the python. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Sometimes my uh, brain doesn't work very well. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week, 996. That's what it is. That's the that's the 996. Yeah, that's crazy. 996. Woo. Talk about beating your beating your people. Wow. How do you feel about the rental market in Arizona? I do not know the market in Arizona. Arizona is a big state, right? The rental market in Sedona is probably different than Flagstaff. That's different than Sedona. That's different than Phoenix. I don't know. I can tell you I have students across the country and the rental markets are good. Uh, houses are better than apartments, but yeah, I'm not going to guess what I don't know. I talked to a, a real estate agent Sunday's Laura Morby. She's in Arizona. I would probably ping her uh, given that she's in the market and they have, they have rentals too. So ask people in the market. I apologize. I don't know Arizona. Uh, Greg, uh, just a thought on what I see as a contributor to your success. You are, as Jim Rome used to preach, changing people's philosophies more powerful than giving people money. I agree. I like Jim Rome. I, uh, I occasionally listen. I used to listen to Jim Rome a lot when I was a sales commission sales guy to get the mind right, but I still run a lot with Jim Rome. So thank you for that, Greg. I appreciate that. It is, um, it's very hard to do and you never know what that moment will be. But as long as you keep trying to do good work, it, um, when you get those emails or those direct messages on Instagram, it's awesome. And I can't stress this enough. This book right here was 100% for all of you. I know the hardest thing to do in real estate is to stay engaged those first couple of years. So I spent a long time creating a storyboard of 15 cool stories. These were for you. These are all stories that really don't help me. There's one story in here that was really cool for me. Um, but the other 14 are without question for all of you. One of them changed my life, but uh, the other 14 are for you. But thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. You picked the two worst companies of all time. We got to get you back in the stock market. It's much more rational than the housing market. Eli, I uh, will never, well, I shouldn't say that. Eli, I will get him back in the stock market when stocks go down 50%, not a day sooner. Uh, I will never go back to the stock market. It is a legal casino and I don't know the rules. And you could pick companies that are fully audited, the best in the business, and they could be frauds. No, thank you. No, thank you. I would buy crypto before I buy stocks. No, thanks. Nope. Mm -mm. Never doing that again. Nope. Mm -mm. Not me. Not me. But thank you for the thoughts. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. You know, Eli, thank you for your comment. I appreciate it. But yeah, no. Mm -mm. Matthew, when building your portfolio for the first 10 years and cut your spending 50%, yep, of your household income, did you include cash flow in your household budgets? Just W-2. Yeah, just, we, Matt, uh, we just counted our W-2. Our cash flow, right around year, right around year eight, all our cash flow was going to our remodels. I think I've talked about that before. Uh, I noticed it was right around year eight where we just bought a house. And uh, we did like a $25,000 remodel. And I don't remember writing a check. That was like, huh, Olivia, did you write a check for that? I, you. And then we looked it up. Our cash flow paid for it. So um, yeah, we never counted cash flow. We didn't use cash flow until the day Olivia retired. Then the cash flow was, was paying her bills. 
good question. I don't think I've answered. I don't think I've been asked or answered that question before. How do you feel about investing in China REITs when things get bad? Well, um, I don't invest in stocks, which REITs are stocks. Uh, I don't invest in communist or socialist countries because they can change the rules. I don't invest in areas that treat foreign capital badly. So strike one, strike two, strike three. However, there will be plenty of people that make a lot of money by buying at uh, discounts. It ain't going to be me. Did you roll all of your cash flow back into your properties while growing your portfolio? Yes, yes, yes. We rolled everything in. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't take a dollar. We didn't, seriously, folks. We didn't take a dollar out of our portfolio, cash flow, uh, refi, the couple that we sold. We didn't use any of that for personal consumption for 12 years. Not until the day Olivia retired. Oh, Lumberjack's got his fans. I love that. Sean, do you think California law is pushing more contractor as uh, more contractor as employees is what is causing the supply chain issues? Truckers are saying they want to be more independent. I think um, I think there's lots of little things that are contributing to a really big problem. I think the biggest problem is is we were operating. I think the biggest. I actually think the biggest problem is um, we have an aging workforce in certain jobs, i.e. truckers, um, for example. And trucking is not a sexy job, at least historically speaking. So we haven't been aging in millennials, right? I can't recall a millennial saying, hey, congratulations, I just got my trucker's license. Maybe it happens, I don't know. But I think the problem is, is there are careers that were great careers for baby boomers that are not seen as great careers for millennials. We have two generations that are about the same size. One is aging out, one is aging in, and the aging in is not taking like for like, like one truck driver leaves, one doesn't come in. I think that's the biggest problem. But again, I think there's lots of contributing factors. Yes, US wins gold medal, not only the gold medal, Walter, but the gold the silver and the bronze. Let's let's give the US credit where credit is due. We love to shop. It is always a great time to steal Dion's material. I have permission, but yes, I agree with you. That is very funny. Yes. Josh, I believe the issues at our ports causing product shortages is larger. Mm, larger. Yeah, I think that's a response to that question. Larger problem than some may believe may cause a lot of small businesses to fail. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a parts manufacturer and I mean, just look at auto sales. I mean, just look at autos An, an uh, automobile could be 99% done, but you're missing 10 chips, 15 chips. This is especially about electric vehicles, right? I think I reported on this months ago, ordinary gas cars, I don't know, 200 chips, electric vehicles, like 2000 chips. So yeah, I mean, there are people that are, um, yeah, this could hurt companies. That said, a lot of companies will do what Walmart and Home Depot were doing is they'll just pay air shipping and then they'll just raise prices. Companies have more pricing power today than they've had in my entire career. People are just raising prices and consumers are paying it. But yes, it's, um, it could hurt some small businesses, no doubt. Windows are six to 10 weeks. It sucks. Roofing and siding color are limited. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Sorry that deal of the decade was a statement concurring with... Oh, gotcha. Perfect. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, I thought that's what it was when I read it the second time. Yeah. Congratulations on doing the work. Again, folks, steal it between Thanksgiving and New Year's, probably New Year's Eve. I will be the most aggressive and most creative because I want to find that buyer who's got to sell by New Year's Eve. Take it, steal it, yep. Yeah, uh, me too. I have a better chance at a casino than the stock market, yep. My book arrived, yay! When you get this book, it actually says on the back of the book, do me a favor, take a selfie with the book, post it on Instagram, tag me, and let me know which story meant the most to you. 
15 different stories. The stories aren't meant to impact everyone equally. My hope is you find three or four and you're like, that's me. I'm going to read it. I mean, what I would have done back in 2005 is there's a few stories in here I would have read over and over and over. I was hungry to know that this damn thing would work. That's why I wrote this book. Yes, Enron and WorldCom were fully audited for multiple years and they were frauds. Yeah, it's better to decrease your net worth and increase your assets to have additional. Wait a second. Is it better to decrease? Tara, I might need more on this. I might need you to give me an example. Is it better to decrease your net worth? So decrease your net worth. I'm guessing you mean borrowing money. Okay. And increase your assets to have additional income. I don't know. I don't understand. So Kara, let me try to repeat what I hear you saying, and then you tell me what I got wrong. So let's say you have a hundred grand in equity. Let's say you're worth a hundred grand. Your net worth is a hundred grand. You borrow a hundred grand. So technically your net worth is now zero. But in my world, you take that hundred grand and buy two assets. Let's assume you paid retail. You didn't even get a discount. You put 50 grand down on each new asset. You're now worth a hundred grand again. Right. So I'm not sure why your net worth goes down. Uh, your 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 actually your cash flow could go negative in that scenario, right? Because you have debt on the first hundred, and then if you bought alligators because you bought you bought badly, your you could actually have negative monthly income if you bought wrong, but your net worth wouldn't be changed. At least I can't see. So if I miss something, Kara, let me know. Matt, sounds like a lot of us couldn't use our cash flow if we wanted to for the first seven or eight years. And even when we did, it was used to do upgrades on new property primary. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that was us. Have you looked into the fourth turning theory about changing demographics causing different moments in history? I do. I have it right here. I haven't read it all yet, but I do have it. I was actually sent this uh, by a viewer. A viewer sent this to me. So thank you for that. It's in my stack. I have a couple of books ahead of it, but I have not read it yet. If you've read it, tell me what you think. Do you think we'll ever see national rent control? No. One of the things that I believe is um, in states' independence. Um, that obviously has been challenged with national eviction moratorium and other nonsense, which was unconstitutional, I have to say, even though the president tried to do it again. Um, no, I don't see it. No. That said, it could absolutely happen. Absolutely. I just don't see it. That, yeah. You know how bad the states would flip out? I mean, yeah, states would flip out. The federal government coming in and telling the states what to do? No. This, the federal government can't even tell the states to build more housing. It's down at the state and local levels, right? Zoning and all of that. So, I think it's one of those, I don't know, is it a conspiracy theory? No, it's not a conspiracy theory. I think it's one of those things that we fear, like the boogeyman, but it's pretty unlikely. But it could happen. I got to be very clear. It could absolutely happen. Layla, uh, right there with you. Cash flow always goes to the next rehab, yeah. But good news is, is sometime in the future, you a trickle, a stream, a raging river, and it is good. I live on my cash flow. Uh, Ryan, 2K a week and being on the road with zero social life just isn't worth it. Yeah, I'm 30 with a CDL. I think that's a truck driver's license. But I'd rather work construction at home for maybe half the pay and see my wife and kid every night. Exactly, Ryan. I think a truck driving career is tough. It's hard. It's underappreciated. It's high stress. Can you imagine driving an 18-wheeler on U.S. highways? Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, that's just, oh, my God. But again, at some point, back to all of this conversation about inflation. So 2K a week, that's 104 grand a year. Just rough math. 100 grand a year. Ryan doesn't want to do that job for 100 grand a year. Totally get it. But let's say it's 250 grand a year. 
300 grand a year. At some point, being a truck driver will be a sexy job again. That's what happens with wage inflation. You want to get more truckers? Pay more freaking money. Guess what happens? Shipping rates go up. Then shipping rates go up. People who ship on trucks go up. And Allah, we all have inflation like the 1970s. Hey, uh, Cameron, how are you? I think that's Cameron. Buy income-producing assets. Your network doesn't increase. It only changes forms. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tried to show. Yep. What are your thoughts on Janet Yellen wanting to track individual bank deposits? I think that is one of the most idiotic things I have ever thought. I've ever seen somebody do. Tracking deposits at $600 and trying to tell me it's because we want to track the billionaires and find that. That is, if they do anything close to that, my opinion, you are going to see people take money out of banks. We will go from a country that has money in the banks to people paying cash again. You want to see people not trust the system? People will have mattresses with money. We're not making any damn interest in the bank anyway. Why the hell give the banks our money? Oh, it's just one of the most stupid in government overreaches and invasions of privacy and just yucky ideas I've ever heard. Hopefully that gives my opinion in a PG because I really wanted to swear with that, that one, but I didn't. I was a good boy. Donovan, thanks for the comments on Canada. Makes a lot of sense. A huge group of people refinance at low rates, but those only lock. Yeah, exactly. Five years. Exactly. All of 20%. You can only. Yeah. Oof. That makes me a little nervous. Do you have AB 149 rent control in Fresno? How do you ask people to leave with rent control says cannot ask people to leave? Yes, Fresno is in California. AB 1489, I thought it was 1486, maybe it's 1489, has rent control. Uh, you you can't. <laughs> uh, there are ways around it, a full remodel, which is I have used. You got to just work with an attorney. I have a, and I've interviewed him on this channel, a California attorney, uh, Wes uh, Caldwell. I've interviewed a couple of times. You got to have a good attorney. The rules are, um, yeah. The rules are there. But just so you know, AB 1489 is not on houses, not on houses, only on units. Hence why I'm buying a lot of houses. Yep. Oh, Sean, I'll be getting ready for your new book. Awesome. It reminds me of my favorite real estate book, Mavericks of Real Estate. Yep. Talks about Hilton, Trump, KB Holmes, all got started. Yeah. Yeah, I like that book. I've read it. I don't know that it, I may have put that one in storage. That whole bookshelf back there is full of real estate books. I read that one. That was a good one. Do you still have signed book combo mentoring? Yes, I do. Yep. So I have an I have a mentoring course. It's how to get started one rental at a time with one 30-minute mentoring session. <laughs> I think I have two spots left. I will include this book and this book autographed for the next two people to sign up and it's about a $50 discount just for fun. So yes, I do have that. Yep. Link below in all my videos or just go to one rental at a time. All you have to do is buy the course. I get an email and then I will email you asking for your address. Trickle stream and then a raging river cash flow. Love it. Yes, absolutely. What are your thoughts on health insurance after quitting your W2? I, uh, again, if you know my story, I went to work one day, not expecting to quit and then quit. Part of my negotiation is they gave me Cobra for a year, I think. So I was covered. Uh, but yeah, dude, insurance freaking nuts. My biggest expense right now, and that includes the mortgage of the house I'm in is insurance. It costs us two grand a month, 2000 bucks a month for platinum insurance at Kaiser which we've never used, but again, it's one of those policies you hope you never use. But yeah, I have platinum coverage at Kaiser, two grand a month. Crazy expensive. For the record, I haven't shopped around. I can afford the two grand, so I'm not concerned. I realize I'm lucky in that way, but yeah, it, it was a hell of a lot. I did not expect it. When I started pricing out plans after being on Cobra for six months, I was like, I guess I better plan for this. I was like, oh my God, how expensive is this? So yeah, I was shocked. 
Uh, your thoughts on 40 years interest only mortgages with 75 LTV. Sorry if I missed your thoughts before. Yeah, no worries. I, um, I could not imagine somebody signing up for 40 year interest only mortgages. That is crazy. Um, I think 40 year mortgages are coming. I've said that before. I think they will be full payment, not interest only. Um, I think they will only be for owner ox, but I think they will be, I think they could be as high as 95%. Can you imagine 95% LTV 40 year mortgage? Oh, paying forever. Yeah, I don't see 40 year mortgages, at least in the beginning, coming to investors. I think they're going to make them for, um, Owners only, at least in the beginning. Don't sugarcoat it like that. Tell it straight. That's funny. Yeah, but then I get mad at people who are watching the show with their kids. Michael, you swore in my five-year-old. Yeah. I want I like I like people watching this as a family. So I'm gonna keep my swear woods down as much as I can. Sometimes they slip out. But yeah, I like I like families watching this. This is awesome when they watch with their kids. Hey, with wages going up, do you think people's debt will go down? <laughs> No, no, that's not what the American consumer getting the gold medal does. Are you kidding me? Come on. Wages go up. You buy another truck. You buy another boat. You buy another house. Come on. No, look at the 1970s. Wages go up 86%. Housing goes up 116%. No, <laughs> yeah, that's why UBI is such a joke. All, you give people money, they'll just spend more. We just, yeah, just, just that's funny. That made me laugh. Thank you, Vitzal. I needed, I needed that laugh. There would be zero incentive to keep money in banks with Biden's insane 600 transaction tracking. Billionaires would offshore all their money. We would see the, yeah, we would see a huge bank run. I don't know if it, yeah, it would be bad. It would be, I mean, I would take money out of the bank. I mean, why would I keep it there? I mean, I don't know where I would put it. I would probably pay off mortgages, frankly. I will not be party to this 600. That, that is such an intrusion. Oh, crazy. Um, 50 year mortgages. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Why not hundred years? I've actually, I think there's a country out there. I don't know where it was. I got to look this up. I think there's a country out there that has hundred year mortgages. Yeah. I have to look that up. Yeah, Pandora, uh, truck driver, 35 bucks an hour. Guess what? You start paying 50, got lots of truck drivers. That is wage inflation in a nutshell. That is what we're in. Wages go up, spending goes up, debt goes up. And the American dream, the gold medal winning life creep happens. Welcome to the rat race. All right, folks, this has been a lot of fun. Do me a favor, buy the book. Do me a huge favor, write reviews. We're still just shy of five stars. You know how important it is for me to get a five-star review on this book? Please leave some five-star reviews. We're just shy of 4.8, which is what I need for a five-star review. Please help me out. Please help me out. Thank you. Thank you. And when you get this book, write a review. Four of you, four of you have already written five-star review for this. So thank you very much in advance. Have a great day. I'm going to take five minutes and get ready for my students at 9 a.m. Bye.